0: The gospel reading for this morning comes from the book of Matthew, beginning in the 23rd chapter at the first verse. And Matthew wrote these things. Now Jesus turned to address his disciples along with the crowd that had gathered with them. The religion scholars and Pharisees are competent teachers in God's law. You won't go wrong in following their teachings on Moses, but be careful about following them They talk a good line, but they don't live it. They don't take it into their hearts and live it out in their behavior. It's all spit and polished veneer. Instead of giving you God's law as food and drink by which you can banquet on God, they package it in bundles of rules, loading you down like pack animals. They seem to take pleasure in watching you stagger under these loads and wouldn't think of lifting a finger to help. Their lives are perpetual fashion shows, embroidered prayer shawls one day, and flowery prayers the next. They love to sit at the head table at church dinners, basking in the most prominent positions, preening in the radiance of public flattery, receiving honorary degrees, and getting called doctor and reverend. Don't let people do that to you. Put you on a pedestal like that. You all have a single teacher and you are all classmates. Don't set people up as experts over your life, letting them tell you what to do. Save that authority for God. Let him tell you what to do. No one else should carry the title of father. You have only one father, and he's in heaven. And don't let people maneuver you into taking charge of them. There is only one life leader for you and them, Christ. Do you want to stand out? Then step down. Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, Lord, when we stand at the edge of fear and worry you invite us to step into the waters of faith and trust. When we stand at the edge of the world's pain and need, you invite us to step into the land of humble service. When we stand at the edge of hunger and thirst, the Spirit invites us to sit at the table of grace. Thank you. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. Sometime when you're feeling important, sometime when your ego's in bloom, sometime when you take it for granted that you're the best qualified in the room, sometime when you feel your going would leave an unfillable hole Just follow this simple instruction and see if it humbles your soul. Take a bucket and fill it with water. Put your hand in it up to your wrist. Pull it out, and the hole that's remaining is a measure of how you'll be missed. You may splash all you want as you enter. You can stir up the water galore. But stop and you'll find in a minute It looks just the same as before. The moral of this quaint example is to do just the best that you can. Be proud of yourself, but remember, there is no indispensable man. You know, I think we all want to feel that we are indispensable, that we have value, that the world needs us, In fact, there's a story of a child who took that belief that the world needed her to the very extreme. And this is how her young mind worked. When she went to bed at night and went to sleep, she believed that the world stopped. And she believed that before she was born, the world, well, it just didn't exist. And when she would die, the world would cease to exist. Now, why would she think that? Well, she thought that because when she was asleep, she couldn't see things, hear things, feel things. And how can they exist if she didn't know them or observe them? And before she was born, the things that she was told had happened, well, she had never seen those things or heard them or touched them, so they couldn't possibly have happened. And of course, after she died, well, if she didn't experience the world, it wouldn't exist. Everything that existed depended on her observing them. And when she stopped observing them, they would cease to exist. Now, was that true? Of course not. But the childlike mind knew her value and made her realize that something was true. She was special. She was unique. She was a remarkable creation of God. And I want to tell you this morning, so are you. But we are not special because we believe that we are. We're special because God says that we are. We've been made in the image of God, but even more than that, God thought we were so valuable to God that God sent Jesus, who died for us. Now think about that. God believes we're worth dying for. And once we got a hold of that, God placed God's spirit inside of us and told us to go and do special things in God's name. Now, think on this for a minute. How much would you pay for a toothbrush? Would you give five bucks, two bucks, fifty cents? Well, what would you pay for a used toothbrush? Now, what if that toothbrush had been used by Napoleon? How much would you pay for it now? Well, at auction, Somebody paid $21,000 for it. Now how much would you pay for fake pearls? 20, 30, maybe 100 bucks. Well, if that set of fake pearls had been owned by Jackie Kennedy Onassis, her fake pearls, fake pearls, went at auction for over $200,000. What about a piece of sheet music? Music of a song that you could play on the piano if you could play. Isaac could play it. (laughs) Not too long ago, an original autographed piece of sheet music by Beethoven went for one and a half million dollars. And my point is this. The toothbrush was used, the pearls were fake, and the sheet music folks It's just a piece of paper. There was nothing in and of itself about them that gave them their value. They were only valuable because of who had owned them. And scripture says the very same thing about us we have value because our owner, because of our owner, because God made us in God's own image. Now, there are some folks who don't get that. They don't look to God for their own self-worth. They look other places. And when they do that, they often end up warping the value that God has placed in them in some way. And that's what happened to folks in our story for this morning. Jesus confronted the Pharisees, men who were so righteous that they fasted often, they prayed regularly, they went to church all the time, they tithed regularly. These were very religious people. Yet Jesus condemned them. Why? Well, because their righteousness it was all about them. It wasn't about God. The Pharisees didn't look to God for their own self-worth. They looked at themselves. They used their worship like a mirror, not to reflect God's glory, but only their own. Years ago, there was a song by Carly Simon. It was called, You're So Vain. And she was singing about an ex-boyfriend who was so caught up in himself that when he went to parties, she sang that when he was there, you had one eye in the mirror as you watched yourself go by. I've done that. I've entered a crowded room where that has a mirror in it, and guess who I looked for first in that mirror? Me. We've all done it. We want to make sure that our hair, if we still have it, is in place. (laughs) That our clothes look okay. And of course, we just want to look at ourselves. In fact, I read somewhere that when they design hotel lobbies, they'll often put large mirrors in the lobby. And do you know why? Because people complain less about slow elevators when they're occupied looking at themselves. (laughs) We all get caught up from time to time in our own reflection. We want to be seen. We want to be important. We want to be valuable but that same desire to be important can tempt us to deform our own Christianity and if we're not careful our faith can be messed up by the very traps that got the religious and righteous of the Pharisees and the first trap is that of looking at church as a place where others should change Jesus said the Pharisees were prone to watching others stagger under heavy loads and not lift a finger to help. And They saw their worship as a place to pass judgment on others, and you know how that works. Gee, Pastor, you know that was a great sermon. I just wish that Bob had been here to hear that one because he really needs it we should always first consider how we are doing in our own lives of faith before we ever dare to pass judgment on another. And the second trap is our desire to be seen. And anytime anyone does something in the church to be seen, you can be assured of one thing. God sees. And often I believe that God would not be impressed you need to humble yourself and deflect praise you may get back to God. Corey Tenboom once told a friend, and I quote, people thank me so much, and it used to worry me because I didn't want to get a big head, so I began to collect all of those compliments like flowers. Thank you, I'd say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then at the end of the day, I'd kneel down, And I'd say, here you are, Jesus. They're yours. So the first trap is to use worship to judge others. The second trap is the desire to be seen. The third trap is to use worship to gain a reputation. Jesus said to the Pharisees, they love to be greeted in marketplaces and have men all call them rabbi, but you are not to be called rabbi. For you have only one master, and you are all brothers. Don't take the glory away from God. You and I don't need power or prestige or reputation to be worth something to God. The glory belongs only to Jesus, not us. We find our value and our worth just by belonging to him. Now many of us today are filled with fond memories. We come together on All Saints Sunday to remember those dear ones who have walked with us on this side of things but now walk with Jesus. And the hole they have left in us is not like putting your hand in a bucket of water. It is more like losing a piece of our hearts. So the lesson of today is that there is nothing glorious about us, the flesh and blood, us. But these relationships that we enjoy here, they have eternal significance. People come and go. But who they were, who they still are to us, remains with us and ever contributes to who we are. So each toll of that bell today represents a life lived, a story written in our hearts and our minds, and a very deep recognition that because this child of God walked with us for a time. The world has forever changed. To God be the glory. Amen.